Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Comic-Con Podcast. Season 2, Episode 4, recording this on January 27th. I am one of your hosts, of course, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. But got my man, Manimal. What's going on, buddy? What's up, everybody? Yeah, Justin is right. We have a really fun show today. So, yeah, it, it's been a busy week. I uh, had a lot of personal things going on this week, and Zach knows about it. But Dude, you know what's the absolute yeah. worst is my chair is broken. So I have to constantly <laughs> That's the absolute worst? Up. No, it is. Literally, every time I have to, I'm so, you know, during this this recording, you're going to see me a couple times get up and kind of move the chair because yeah. the gas container, you know, that thing uh-huh. is like broken. So now it's just, it's an absolute nightmare. So I actually had to uh, order a new one because there'd be times where I'm just sitting here and I'd yeah. go lower and lower. So, <laughs> so that's um, funny because first off, I don't know if you can see, I had got a new chair. Uh-huh. Finally, I had like this real crappy chair, dude. And then I got a new chair for Christmas. And uh, the other funny part is that you've had some really crappy things go up and happen at your house today or recently. Yeah. And the chair is the worst part. <laughs> the chair is the worst part. Other than owning a home, the chair is the worst part. I <laughs> it's funny, dude. Yeah, homeowners, it sucks being a homeowner. Renting um, is the way to go. Yeah, I, I wish I could go back to the apartment life. But anyway, let's get right into the comic book TV and some other type of news. So uh, right off the heels, this is an awesome thing. And I know Zach's probably uh, enjoying this as well. So this is over at Variety.com. This was just posted two days ago. We have Percy Jackson and the Olympian series got greenlit finally at Disney+. Plus. So if you don't know... Of course, Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson and the Olympians is a uh, novel series. There was about what I think it was uh, five movies. You had two of them that were adapted to the movies. You had the lightning thief and the sea yeah. of monsters. The other um, three movies that never showed up or out of the books was the Titans curse, the battle of the labyrinth. And of course, the last Olympian, uh, some of my favorite movies, because of course I love Greek mythology. I like how it was brought to live action, but Back in 2020, they were talking about bringing the Percy Jackson series over Disney Plus. But of course, it kind of just, you know, laid there in dormant for a while. But this week you had Rich Rodan come on to YouTube, onto the Disney YouTube account and announce that it is coming out in 2023. With that being said, it's going to be a TV series. What's it going to evolve? Of course, uh, the, the main characters from the Percy Jackson series, as well as all the other different characters that are part of that. If he is a demigod, of course, part of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, the world of the humans and a little bit of uh, someone's uh, dad is a, a Greek god. So uh, I'm I'm super excited about this. Uh, I own both the movies. Every now and then I'll still rewatch them because I just think the whole, again, Greek mythology is, is pretty badass. And uh, yeah. what's her name? Alexander and Andrea. Dadaria. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's yeah. super oh, yeah. hot. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Zach, what do you think about this news? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I read all the, the, the five books as well. I haven't read any of, I know there's like some supplemental stuff as well. Um, but I read the original five and definitely enjoyed them. Uh, I grew up being a big fan as well, of like Greek mythology. And so seeing all the characters come to life, some of the demigods, some of the un like, not so well-known gods that don't get a lot of screen time kind of show up. So it, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, but I think the thing that excites me the most about this was that I read <clears throat> that the, uh, the author um, Riordan, what's his first name? Rick Riordan mm-hmm. is actually going to be involved, like strongly involved where that was not the case with the films. He was actually kind of shut out from the films. Um, 
So having him involved in the adaptation really, really excites me. I mean, the first movie was good. The second movie was kind of meh. I kind of understood why they didn't keep going because I didn't feel like they captured the second book in the second movie that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stands to reason because they kind of, like I said, cut out the the writer, which I always is just like a dumb thing to do. Like, just like no brainer. Like, why would you not have the guy who the source material, at least on hand <laughs> as like a consultant? Like, it just seems one extremely rash in my opinion and just i don't know crazy but rick riordan being involved um i think is a better look i do think these these books might lend a little bit better to the uh the disney plus um what's the word format is the kind of word i'm looking for because some of these movies you know like they're great books dude they are don't get me wrong but everything going on a movie it's such a higher like expectation Right. You know, so if Mm -hmm. a movie doesn't do so well, it's like, oh, God, let's not move forward with this. But like a TV show, you can have seasons that kind of slump and they don't cost as much. And there's not as much hives and expectation in terms of box office sales and whatnot. So I think it it, it plays out better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely like the idea of it being on Disney Plus, because, of course, if it's not Marvel right now, if it's not Star Wars, Yes, there are other different series that are going on in Disney Plus, but I feel like if you're not a child or, you know, really in the know of of what's on Disney Plus, you you really don't know. And I think this is a good uh, bridging the gap because of people who may have seen the movie and want to know more and also people who don't know anything about Percy Jackson, maybe have read the books or, again, just trying to get something new on Disney Plus that can have a longevity of a series. Right. This could be that, you know, that show. Yeah, I want to see it played out because there's it's just like, you know, any series of books that stuff that happens in books one and two end up playing a bigger role in the four and five of the series, you know, and we just didn't get that. We didn't get the payout that we with the movies. So um, hopefully the show keeps it going. You know what I mean? Like, do do five seasons, five seasons, each season, one book. Boom. Done. Perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't drag it out. The story's like, I never get it too. Like, don't change it, bro. The script's written for you. Like, literally written for you. And just pull it out of the pages and go with it. Um, yeah, it's not like we're talking Game of Thrones type of books here. Right. That they need to, you know, put into like a two-hour movie. Like, I get it. These are books that can be done in an hour and a half and two hours right. because they're short. You know, They're young adults too. They're not yeah. like super, they're not super, you know, advanced or anything like that. So, um, True. So, uh, hey, speaking of speaking of yeah. Disney Plus, real quick, I was going to ask you this. I meant to text you about it, and I forgot. Randomly, last night I was watching Disney Plus, and um, have you seen the uh, like the teaser or whatever for Willow? Uh, from it's when a, it first got announced, they have like a little like a three minute like um, teaser. Somewhat, it's not really even a teaser. It's uh, Warwick mm-hmm. Davis talking to his castmates, but bro, when he's like around like. like- like when they're kind of table? like around like the the benches and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I saw that yeah that was when they, that was they funny, announced dude. that last year yeah yeah I watched that thing like I watched it and I laughed I was laughing out loud like a couple of times I thought it was really funny man I'm pretty excited now about Willow oh I'm Random. I'm definitely Sorry. I I cannot wait for that because it's funny when he talks to um the red haired girl who was in yeah uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and he goes well we worked together on uh, on Rogue One or not Rogue One Solo. on Solo because yeah. she plays in Fest Nest. Uh, and he's in it as well. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's like, I don't remember you. You know, he goes, I've been in. He's like, that's the only Star Wars movie I haven't been in. That's what he said. It's like, what? <laughs> it was pretty funny. 
Yeah, no, um, I I enjoyed that, and uh, it's funny. I've actually I think I picked up like a Willow one uh, recently, and if oh, I yeah. find them at the shops, I try to find like a really good condition. And who's the publisher? We've talked about this before. Uh, Willow is, was a great movie with uh, Val Kilmer, and yeah, just awesome. So who's the uh, let's get into some comic book news. So we have two articles. Uh, Zach, why don't you go first with the one of our comic book articles for the evening? Yes, this is something we kind of talked about in we've we've talked about this book for a while. We kind of talked about this theme, somewhat being funny, but over at Bleeding Cool, we have a article. It's the title is What a Surprise, Daredevil Number One with Same Creative Team and Matt Murdock. So article goes on to say Marvel Comics has announced the genuinely shocking news that the cancellation of a title is now leading to a relaunch of that title with a new number one. But the same creative team and the same old guys before in the suit. So that's a new Daredevil number one with Matt Murdock as Daredevil again, written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Marco Cicchetto. Who could have imagined such a scenario? So, and then obviously it's a little snarky and sarcastic, but we do know, like we said, we've talked about this a couple of times, especially recently in terms of rebooting new number ones and, you know, the story arcs. And Justin and I have both kind of talked about our opinion, how we like these smaller controlled, uh, story arcs they're self-contained you could read them and move on it doesn't have to be like issue 756 that goes to like 820 and then new creative team shows up and it's completely different so i don't mind it um i'm actually pretty excited about it to be honest because i thought chip Zdarsky crushed it and he's crushing mm -hmm. devil's reign right now so what are your thoughts man yeah i you we talked about this at the end of last year just the fact that i said you know, can you pick up the last Daredevil run? And, mm -hmm. and you said, yeah, it's a great read just for it doesn't have to it doesn't have it doesn't expose into anything. And I think now being a new number one. And of course, like we said last week with the Joe Casada, how do you make sales is, you know, start over right. and do a new number one. Uh, and now, like, again, I didn't read that last run. And maybe now I will pick up this this most recent run of uh, if Chip's still continuing with because. Yeah, you're like you said, uh, I'm currently reading The Devil's Reign, so mm -hmm. I'm enjoying that. I'm reading, uh, of course, the Electra book that that had that spinoff and also then uh, Otto Octavius's book as well. But yeah, Daredevil is kicking ass right now, so I, I'm enjoying that. And I think a new number one is uh, is right up everyone's alley because it's a great start. It's a great jumping on point. Yeah, with some of these characters, you know, these legacy type characters, obviously, they have such a storied past. It can be... I get why Marvel does this. I understand why it also frustrates people as well. Um, obviously, Marvel does it for one because sales always go up on a number one and they can get like a million issues and variant covers and whatnot. But I think it's also a good, it's good for the readers and the new readers because it encourages new people to jump on, you know, and Daredevil's not even one of the most daunting characters out there, but he still has a very storied past and, you know, issues just keep going. People don't want to just jump on, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Like, look at DC, dude. Like, I love The Flash. Flash is one of my favorite DC characters, and I read The Flash ongoing for a very long time. I probably stopped, I don't know, maybe this past year. But if I was like an, you know, an, a, just a reader with a Flash movie coming out, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll pick up a Flash issue. And then I saw Flash number 762. Like, there's no way, dude. You know, like, mm -hmm. I just don't think I would do it. Because you don't know where it is in the storyline. Yeah, right? you don't know. You don't know anything really necessarily. And I'm not saying you have to know a hero's whole past, like you just said with Daredevil, the last Chip Zdarsky run. You didn't have to know 
bullseye killed Electra. Spoiler alert! Way back in the eighties <laughs> or whatever, seventies or eighties. No 80s, way! Whatever. Yeah, right. You didn't have to know all that. You didn't have to know any of the history necessarily between Daredevil and, and Wilson Fisk. Um, it was all presented in a in a way that like was very easy to digest and move forward with and still had such a like a compelling story so um Mm -hmm. yeah man i i it's one of those situations where it's annoying the number ones the new number ones and marvel does it more than anyone but it's also a situation where it's like i get it and it makes sense so yeah back to you selling it is a lot easier to sell (laughs) that than trying to sell you know a hundred something issues but i again i i'm all about legacy characters having the legacy numbers i love that too yeah and i feel like daredevil is it's always fun you know i don't even know what daredevil would be up to probably at least like 700 it's got to be i mean i don't even know what the legacy would be i remember there was like a 500 or 600 and then it stopped because they've had so many little mini series not mini series but shorter series so right i'm sure he's got to be pushing close to six seven hundred issues by now yeah i i can't even yeah i don't remember it's hard to it's hard to think about but you know i'm enjoying i mean i'm definitely gonna pick up the number one for uh for chip zadarsky's run it'll give me something new to pick up on the marvel side you know because there's i've had such a drought with marvel stuff that i pick up that i think Mm -hmm. uh i think this will be a good number one to pick up because i'm also uh this is also a spinoff zach knows that i just started watching the show called daredevil recently (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I talked about how I just couldn't get through season one, but I'm finally like watching it. I'm finally sitting down because there's nothing on on Netflix, um, of course, other than the new season of Ozark. But uh, I started watching season two of Daredevil and I couldn't put it down. Like yeah. I watched six episodes in like a two day span and it's it's amazing. Like I really can't believe I didn't watch it when it first came out. So now that I'm watching that and getting into the other seasons, I think I'm like, damn, I really need to read like a good daredevil book so this could be the this could be my reintroduction into daredevil so speaking of which i'm looking at it's, this is an older article but this is the best i can come up with um mm-hmm. looks like in 2016 we had daredevil 1 through 28 that came out and then during that time that was uh the 28th issue would have been issue number 594 i believe so we had 30 and i mean obviously there's stuff between 28 2016 and now with daredevil so we're probably getting yeah. close to the 700s 750 ish because yeah, i mean he so. came out right after spider-man roughly so you know spider-man's 1964 yeah you know they're, they're definitely close in numbers so i'm sure they'll i'm sure they'll do the number one but i'm sure at some point they'll show a legacy number it's right. got to meet a legacy number without a doubt so all right so that's uh Zach's good old article for some comic book action and let's kind of move over to this and I'm sure this is a this is a big one right now uh talk of the town of course if it's a Marvel book and it has the first appearance everybody has to jump all over it even though nobody knows if it's anything's going to happen but uh we're talking about Black Panther number three or legacy number 200 as we were just talking legacy numbers so over a bleeding cool again uh Black Panther number three this is the article Black Panther number three a new ultimate fallout question mark Tosin, the new Miles Morales. So if anyone has picked up, or if you've actually been able to pick up this new Black Panther number three or Black Panther 200, uh, there is a first appearance of a new Wakandan warrior. Uh, his name is Tosin. He, uh, I read it. I read the book. I picked up both issues, the cover A and the cover B. I wasn't able to get the one in 25. 
Mm -hmm. a very interesting character. Uh, he's part of a tribe of the Wakandans who are not really part of the, the normal hierarchy in Wakanda. They kind of live away from, they, they call it the mute zone. Uh, they actually take the vibranium and they find different ways to use it. So they actually kind of almost infuse it onto their bodies via tattoos, which is pretty badass. Uh, and he kind of, he arrives and kind of sees what's going, he, well, he's seen what's going on with Wakanda right now over the past years of, you know, Tatala and then the political war that they've had. And in this backup story, he comes and he shows that he's like the new, the future of the Black Panther. So in this article, hmm. they're talking about, is this the next Miles Morales? Do I think this character is going somewhere? I feel like, again, with, and we've talked about this before, Zach, every character that they bring in, they always have the same powers or same style right. as a previous character. We have Riri Williams. We have Miles Morales. We have now this new Tosin character. Like, And I'm sure there's other ones that I can think about as well. But I can't believe everyone's jumping all over this like, and even saying that this is the next ultimate Fallout number four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's so here's my here's my thoughts on that. So I don't I understand the hype. Like, okay, you know, you want to jump out in front. No one knew that Ultimate Fallout 4 was gonna go the way it did, right? Price wise. Mm -hmm. Um here, Black Panther is not the same as Spider-Man in terms of popularity characters. So a new Spider-Man compared to a new Black Panther and like a new you can't compare those two. Black Panther has barely been able to keep his own solo titles going. Like they're consistently canceled because of poor sales. Mm -hmm. The best thing that happened to Black Panther was the movies and uh um oh man Chadwick Boseman and Chadwick Boseman playing Black Panther's character. And we all know the travesty that happened with Chadwick Boseman dying, that doesn't help in my opinion the Black Panther character moving forward. So could it have been a different story if, like, let's say Chadwick Boseman obviously continued to live and was prominent like he was going to be in the Marvel MCU universe? Hell yeah. I think Black Panther's character would and his titles would probably grow with that. Um, now, I don't know. Only time will tell. But I think comparing a Black Panther character to a Spider-Man character is not the same thing at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, but it could be wrong, man. Could be wrong. Sales are pretty good right now. You know, the, the regular cover A and B, they're going around anywhere. They went up as high as like $50, but they're going pretty much around the $20 mark right now. That one in 25 ratio variant is selling well above ratio. It's around a hundred. I, I saw some people posting it for $500 and some guy on eBay had it for a thousand dollars, which is insane. So Dude. do we think that this is, and especially what's going on with Black Panther, the movie, like nobody knows what's going to happen. Is, is there going to be a new Black Panther uh, could the next Black Panther kind of be just a civil war type of movie where it's all different, the Wakandans fighting for the throne. Mm -hmm. And then in Black Panther three, they could introduce this character. Like, could we see this, this soon? Like, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. think this is, uh, this article is just crazy to actually, you know, again, it's a question mark. It's question mark. Will it be the next ultimate fallout Four? And I think, right now i can't even think of a book that would be the next ultimate fallout for in in the world of marvel but i think that's the issue with marvel is anytime they introduce a first appearance of some character people flock to it it screws up the comic shops because comic shops order 
enough copies for the reservist right. and you know a few extras and then you get people like i spoke to my local comic shop about this book uh on release day and of course some guy came in he's like oh do you have the new black panther 3 and he goes no unfortunately i, I only have it for reservist because he doesn't even order a lot of that copy and he's like oh do you have the new thor 21 and he's like mm-hmm. no and the guy did not like that answer <laughs> and you know that's what it is like people just go into these shops and just want that book and then they're going to go to the next comic shop and get those two books again just to sell them or maybe to hold on to them i don't know right. probably at least sell some so at least you're not walking all over the place and getting them for cover price but yeah i guarantee you shops like i said i guarantee shops did not over order on black panther because it has not done well it doesn't sell well mm-hmm. it just it really doesn't. The early issues, maybe. So maybe on these ones, yeah, I'm like the number one. I'm sure they order a few more copies, but it's not a title that sticks around for very long. Um, and the other thing is, you know, like anyone out there listening, if you can pick one up like Justin was able to for cover price, yeah, go for it. But there's some bottom feeders out there like this guy trying to sell one for $1,000, trying to trick you into thinking that, yeah, oh, this is the new Miles Morales Ultimate Fallout 4. When, yeah, man, it could be. I'm not saying that it won't be, you know, but a thousand dollars for this book. That's crazy talk. I would best offer that guy like 50 bucks and see what happens if you really want that book. But yeah. And you, I'll tell you right now, you don't even need to go and read the book uh, to find out how much he is in the book. He he's in it for pretty much, but if you go check out the article over bleedingcool.com, literally the last page is the characters. I would say first main real full appearance right in the, in the issue as, as who he is you know, this character and you see his powers. And again, they show you other screenshots and or screen grabs, I should say of uh, different panels of, of what they use the vibranium for. And like I said, so uh, just a really interesting article, I guess we're going to have to see over the next you know few weeks where this is going to be. Uh, I'm going to say that black Panther number three is going to be number one on cover prices, top 10 next week. So wow. you'll probably hear both of us on Tuesday night talking about this book without a doubt. That's crazy. I didn't think twice about this book, to be honest. Like, it's, I mean, neither I don't, did I. I. Don't, yeah, but it is, you know. And the only thing that is really interesting about the book is, you know, again, it's a it's a century book. So of course, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's issue number three, but in in reality, it's issue number two hundred. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's got a badass cover. The Alex Ross cover is yeah. is pretty amazing. But how many people wrote about just ordering this because of, you know, it, it's it's issue 201 and it's an Alex Ross cover. Like maybe you'd order, but Alex Ross isn't like the hottest artist right now. Like I know some shops they'll order specific covers because you know, the, the title is hot or not mm-hmm. even that the title is hot, but like I know my local comic shop ordered like she Hulk number one, but he said he ordered more copies of the gem um, art germ and the Adam Hughes cover than the main cover. Because of course people would rather have an Adam Hughes and, or an art germ cover than, Jen Bartel, but that's just, you know, he knows kind of his, his clientele. Right. Okay. So I got another article here and let me preface this by saying this might be a little controversial for some people. So, um, but you know, we've talked about this character and this issue, like this situation before in like one of our very first episodes. And we talked about it recently as well. Um, so you know what, we don't shy away from the, the hard topics and I saw this and I had, we had to talk about it. So this article comes from comicbookresources.com and the title is the next Punisher should be a black veteran says co-creator Jerry Conway. So he goes on to say, um, 
Punisher co-creator Jerry Conway thinks the militaristic anti-hero needs to evolve to stay relevant in the 21st century and ideally should be a black veteran in the, in his next iteration. Quote from Jerry Conway says, you know, there will come a time just like in the 80s when that character can be rebooted, you know, and turned into something new. Conway said on an episode of the Divine Design podcast, 99% Invisible, devoted to the Punisher's famous skull logo. I mean, my personal preference would be that the next iteration of the Punisher would be a black vet, you know, who comes back and faces the issues that that minorities in the world face today. So there is a lot to unpack about this. Um, mm -hmm. Conway goes on to kind of say that when they created this character, a lot of this had to come with like, it, it came from frustrations with, um, obviously during the time of the Vietnam War, frustrations towards the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War and the government and failed systems and whatnot. And before I go on to kind of talk about this character, oh, sorry, let me let me say this as well. So Conway says the Punisher represents kind of a Rorschach test for the error that readers discovered him in. For me, in the early 70s, it was a response to a dysfunctional era in American history. In the 80s, he's a triumphant character representing a black and white view of the world. And in the 2000s, he's the dysfunctional Punisher, the despairing tragic hero who is really an outcast and no longer represents anything except his own ID. So, you know, like the Punisher, I, I don't disagree um, with the idea that the Punisher is, he's a character that really has not evolved, right? Since like Jump mm -hmm. Street. You, you agree there, right? Probably. Yeah, he's the Punisher. If you right, anybody I, if you say who the Punisher is, you say Frank Castle, or if someone's like you know that you know you know who the Punisher is and kind mm -hmm. of what he represents. Yeah. So, and his backstory is very much like oh, they killed my family, and I'm pissed, and now all criminals must die, right? And so, but we, we as we go forward in the history of the Punisher, like like you said, he's created in the '70s. We're now in 2020s, so 50 years later. And obviously this, obviously he's not aging the same time, but 50 years later, it's kind of like, come on, man. Like your, your family mm -hmm. died 50 years ago. Like, when are we moving past this? Or, you know, <laughs> like you're still pissed about this shit. So like not to downplay people's families dying. Okay. Sorry guys. Um, but I get the idea of upgrading the character and evolving him, but, 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 but this comment about how it should be a black vet to who, you know, um, facing the issues that minorities, you know, have in the world today. I, I just don't agree. He goes on, the article goes on to say, with the character's personality and logo now increasingly associated with law enforcement and white supremacy groups in the 2010s and 2020s, Conway said reinventing the Punisher as a black man would be a stronger reflection of today's cultural zeitgeist, possibly allowing him to feel proud of the character once again. This is complete fucking bullshit, Okay. We talked about, I think, um, the Punisher and the logo, and I think both of us disagreed on, you know, the idea that law enforcement in the world today should be using the logo. Like, mm -hmm. the Punisher is anti-law enforcement. You know, um, Matt Rosen or Matt Rosenberg's run on the Punisher, he has a. I, I know I talked about this in the early episodes. Has a like a poignant scene where he meets cops and uh the cops are saying yeah we support you we have your your symbol or whatever and punisher straight up tells him like dude i'm not a hero you shouldn't be looking up to me and if you mm -hmm. do some shit yep. i'm gonna i'm gonna get you you know so wow i feel like i've heard this before on the podcast <laughs> right exactly so i get that the association with law enforcement now the association with white supremacy groups this is where this all falls apart for me because i'm not trying to be political one way or the other Unlike Jerry Conway, because I think Jerry Conway's 
political leanings is clearly evident in this article because there is this belief that because of the things that happened on January 6th and individuals who had the Punisher logo and associated with Trump. Now, anyone who says anyone's a Trump supporter, it, it, there's this belief that they're white supremacists, totally unproven, totally unvalidated. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some crazy ass white supremacists who probably support Trump, but that's not to say any Trump supporters are white. Every Trump supporter is a white supremacist. So this is such a reach that saying the Punisher emblem now represents white supremacy groups. And Conway, in my opinion, I don't believe he's saying reinventing it as a black man would be a stronger reflection of today's cultural zeitgeist. No, you're trying to do it to piss people off. That's all it is. You want to piss off these people that you think are white supremacists, knowing that it's going to make people angry. So you're creating division while pretending to be inclusive, which is 100% the like playbook right now for these people. Um, well, just, let's talk about it as we were just talking about another character who is reinvented again in, right. with Black with the Black Panther, and now you're talking about why don't why why do you need to recreate characters? Like I I feel like I literally just said this five minutes ago. Yeah, why do you did. need to recreate yeah. characters? Come out with a brand new character. Like if you you know obviously they had the Punisher who in another world became um, Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Like that's an interesting take on Frank Castle, but do you really need to reinvent or reboot the character and still call him the Punisher? Like, why can't if Jerry Conway, if you already have the idea of a character, why don't you just take that, but call him something completely different, right? Make like, a new character. Like how hard they they're doing it every week in Marvel comics. There's a new character of some sort, new first appearance. Why does it need to be? Uh, the Punisher needs to come out as a black vet. Like, what does that have to, what changed in 50 years? Like, I don't know. I, it's crazy, dude. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's how society has just become so polarized and politicized now that everything's a statement. Everything needs to be a reflection on societal issues, societal issues that aren't necessarily there even sometimes. And mm -hmm. To reflect these in comics, I think this is what I think at the core of like the situations like changing characters into different races or making characters uh, homosexual or transsexual or whatever, changing their characters like that. I think at the core, what pisses readers off isn't a bias or isn't any like bigotry on the reader's part for the most part. Don't get me wrong. There's bigots and weirdos out there for sure. But I think the high percentage of the readers are just like. Why are you doing this? Make a new character. Why are you changing a character that we already love and that we've, we've lived with for so long? If you have these feelings and you want a new homosexual character or a Chinese character or whatever, create that character. Like, what are you doing? And I think that's really what it comes to. And then if you complain about it, you're a bigot or you're small minded or whatever. Or, you know, these minorities deserve representation also. Agreed. Create a new character. To represent yeah, I, there's a, there's enough writers out there in the world who are either well-known writers you have writers who are up and coming and you have people that are the in-between and then you have artists as well who you know maybe want to create obviously even artists want to create new characters so there's so many people out there create that, that's what it is you know we have 
both Zach and I, we go to conventions. We, you know, we speak to artists, we speak to writers, create that character. And I've been to conventions where I've walked past art, you know, in artist alley and you walk past booths mm -hmm. of artists and they say, Hey, check out my comic. This is my character. Exactly. That's what it is. It's them creating that character. It's not, Hey, this character is Frank Castle or yeah. check out my know. Chinese Cyclops. Yeah. Like, you know, like my Asian Cyclops. Like come, what dude, you know, like, like professor X, he wouldn't have his, he wouldn't, the next professor X would be like a paraplegic or, you know, have no legs and was, but has psychic powers, like would be a completely like an amputee. And right. again, it's nothing against anybody that has it or, you know, family or whatever, but that's what it is that it's, that's how you get the median. And I feel like Jerry Conway, who's been around forever. I feel like the older these artists and writers get, they just don't care anymore of what they say. Just yeah, to be, it, just to be still part of like the comic book relevant. Book. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The other thing is too, you know what this screams of to me more than anything when they just make like a, when they, I don't even, I can't remember the term when they just change a character to like one of these, you know, one of the minority situations or whatever. Sorry, that might've been offensive the way I said that. I just don't know the proper terminology, but mm -hmm. to me, it screams, you're shitty writers. You are a shitty writer. You cannot create good stuff. So all you did was like, well, I'll take this established awesome character that someone else created. And off that back of that character, I will basically mm -hmm. plagiarize your work, switch it, change, you know, the race, the sexuality, whatever, and call it my character. It's not your character. In fact, you shouldn't get rights for that character. In my opinion, you make a black Spider-Man, you make Miles Morales. Eh, that's not yours. That is still Stan Lee's. All you did was change his skin color and his origin story a little bit. You did not create an all new character. Yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Know, and we, we've looked, we've seen that over the years between the multiple different versions of Spider-Man. You have multiple versions of Hulk. Uh, I mean, even Deadpool's got like all the different variations that they've had of Deadpool. Like, would you really consider even the variations are like comedic, but they still represent the original character. Yeah. Like, Joe Kelly's character, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was actually agreeing with you, and then I really thought about it. I know, it's the truth. It. It's actually the truth, I know. man. But, yes, yes. The yeah. Joe Kelly version Deadpool. Like, <laughs> not the other guy who did the Deadpool from right. the Immune. Not the ninja Deadpool. The, <laughs> the Deadpool we all know. The Joe Kelly Deadpool. Um, dude, I hear, look, just talking about this, I got the I got the next Punisher story. And someone might be some big, and I'm a big Punisher fan, but I definitely have not read his whole library, for sure. Off and on, I've read his stuff going... But um, maybe they've done this, but dude, here's a story. Punisher decides I'm done with this. I'm going back to the police force. He goes back to the police force and that time now he struggles with his issues of wanting to kill people. And he tries to, you know, go the straight and narrow and tries to recreate, get back to who he was before his family. And, you know, to quote you, <laughs> quote you, as you'll, you said, hijinks ensues, you know what I mean? Um, Something like that, dude. That's a new Punisher take. Like, okay, yeah, we, you kill supervillains. We get it, man. We've seen you do that for the, since the 70s. Now, try to be a good guy. Let's see you actually try to be in the straight and narrow. You know, um, even when he was, what, the Captain America Punisher? I think he was still killing people, right? War Machine? No, that was yeah. War Machine. There was the War Machine, but then during, like, after Civil War, he had, like, that um, Captain America suit for a while. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, see, like, I don't, I'm not too familiar with, like, his, like, for me, like, 
again, like even Punisher, like I, I'm like the Punisher war journal stuff. Like that's, yeah. that's your standard Punisher. And then even more so now, yeah, he's not as crazy. Like he's a little bit tamer, but at the same time, like that's who the character is, you know, and right. you can't, you shouldn't have to change that for the times, you know, no, uh, you just need to evolve him a little bit. And that doesn't mean make him a black guy. Um, not get this though. This is, this is horrible though. So ironically, so the end of the article goes like this. Ironically, 1991's The Punisher number 59 featured a very literal interpretation of Conway's statement at the conclusion of the story arc, Final Days, written by Mike Barron and illustrated by Hugh Hayes. Over the course of this poorly aged tale, which is very true, Frank Castle received multiple wounds to his face, undergoing a skin graft procedure and melanin injections that literally transformed him into a black man. For the next three issues, Frank would face racist police officers, gangsters, and ally himself Luke Cage until his skin faded back to white. Amusingly, Frank withheld his true identity from Cage until the end of Punisher number 62, only referring to himself cleverly as Frank Rook. <laughs> wow, that story arc did not age well at all. That's pretty horrible. No. But hmm, interesting, that's though. it for, uh, for some comic book news. Uh, what are we currently reading? Uh, for this week so i'll go first this week uh of course the honorable mention is the the black panther 3 it's an interesting story but the problem is with issue 200 there is multiple stories and this first appearance of this character is really just a backup story i will say it's very interesting to see and read it kind of puts the character of you know if he grew up kind of in the uh almost if you would say like the outskirts or like the projects of of a town or uh, you know, I grew up here in, you know, the New York, New Jersey area. So like, I understand like where they're trying to take it. It's like Miles Morales where mm -hmm. he grew up, but you're taking that character and throwing him in Wakanda where they're making it be like, everybody has a hierarchy of, you know, the, you know, there's the fascists, there's like the high class people, there's these people who are Wakandans. And I guess that's something that you didn't really see too much. And maybe that's my, that also could be me. Cause I don't really read black Panther, but it's an interesting story nonetheless, but the book that I really want to talk about what, with what am I currently reading? And it was actually to me, I didn't think I was going to pick it up, but I had to for the, for one of the covers alone was the Mary Jane and black hat beyond. It's a one shot. Uh, of course, if you know what's going on in the Spider-Man universe, Spider-Man of Peter Parker, Spider-Man has currently been in the hospital after, you know, uh, after basically after a big fight, uh, of course you got Ben Riley is the main Spider-Man right now. But in this one shot, you have uh, Mary Jane and, and Black uh, Black Hat, two of my favorite, one of my favorite characters, of course, Felicia Hardy. And it's a one shot. And basically what happens is they go and visit Peter in his hospital. And it's really interesting because before we went live, Zach was showing me this, but uh, there's someone in the room. And it's, of course, the hood, Mr. Uh, Mr. Parker Robbins. And he basically is threatening to kill Peter Parker if Felicia and Mary Jane don't find something for him. So the majority of the art of the majority of the issue is uh, basically Felicia and Mary Jane taking down three of Spider-Man's villains and looking for this uh, item. I won't say what it is. I want everybody to actually go out and read it. And uh, of course, at the end, they end up getting it and uh, bringing it back to Mr. Hood and uh, some hijinks ensue. But there's this really funny part. There's two things I really thoroughly enjoyed about this issue. There was this really funny part where, um, of course, and you've kind of seen it on some one of the covers. 
there's a there's a part where you see Mary Jane kind of in the black hat costume, which is is pretty funny. But the other thing I really enjoyed about this is kind of the ending of the issue and how they speak about how both of them are they're good and gr- they're good and bad girls and they're right for Peter. You know, hmm. and the way that it they they kind of have that relationship like Felicia's kind of like, "Yo, you were you're the right girl for for Peter and Mary Jane's kind of like, well, "Yeah, but you're also the right girl for Peter because of how she's bad." But then they also kind of go into the whole Gwen Stacy thing, which is an interesting because you have to think of like Gwen Stacy was introduced and if like uh Mary Jane even says like you know how hard it is to live up to a dead girl's uh right you know prowess back then and and that's something to think about because yeah because it's always been Mary Jane for 600 something right like 600 plus issues like for the majority of readers yeah. yeah no one really knows about Gwen Stacy unless you watch the Amazing Spider-Man 1 movie right right or if you're really old and you read those uh, three? Silver Age. Or watch Spider-Man 3 and she shows up as a... Oh, yeah. Like trying to flirt with him. Oh, yeah. Who's that? That's uh, Bri- uh, Bryce Dallas Har- uh, yeah, Howard, right? Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that's my, what am I currently reading is this... Uh, and I, I thought just... I really like this one issue and I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, actually, I picked it up. I wasn't gonna, but I said, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna give it a shot. I opened it up real quick. I, I like the art. Um real quick before i let me just look this up it's a uh, cf villa is the artist pretty dope uh so that was kind of my pick for the week of what are we currently reading what about you zach well first that's cool like we haven't seen i think we and we talked about the hood a couple weeks ago he really hasn't been in like any storylines in a really mm-hmm. long time so him kind of showing up is cool um and then yeah snagging a couple of his first appearances recently is a, a plus for the hood but um so i have I'm going to start a new trend too. It's something I used to do where it's garbage of the week, hot, hot garbage of the week picks. So like, yeah, like the worst book I read this week. This should be a no brainer for anyone. If you've been paying attention, uh, hot garbage of the week was justice league 71 by Brian Michael Bendis. So <laughs> I've been speaking about how dog shit his run on justice league has been and the artwork is horrendous. And yes. I'm not even an art person. It just, it looks so hokey and like, childish I don't, I don't know it's just garbage dude garbage bringing joshua williamson to kill off the justice league please i mean what issue is that happening in uh any idea i'm 70, gonna say it's like 73 or two? 74, 73, and then it's 74 75, killing him yeah. in 75 like it's gotta be he's gotta have, at least have like a three three issue arc right um because mm-hmm. i think this issue dude i don't even read it anymore i literally like skim it and i just go to the end and i'm like god i just go to the justice league dark storyline but, Which I thought um, was pretty cool. Yeah, right? it was good. It was kind of narrated by Dr. Fate. That was cool. Yeah. So Hot Garbage of the Week, Justice League 71. Not the Justice League Dark storyline. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> honorable mention was uh, Task Force Z, number four. Are you reading this? It's it's <sighs> fun. I read dude. the first two, and I really got to... I know. I'm like two issues behind. It's fun. I, it, I, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm, I won't spoil anything, but issue three kind of revealed who... Uh, red hoods working for um and it's an interesting character it's it's a well well known character um there's just a lot of funny things that i feel like happened in this issue and uh it's fun i I actually i read it and i just i enjoy it i'm having like a lot of fun reading it it's not like a super serious issue or it's it's also written by uh matt rosenberg who i really really like a lot i think his writing is great so honorable mention um, but my pick of the week is going to be Avengers forever. Number two. So 
if you're reading Avengers by Jason Aaron right now, you know, there's the whole um, Masters of Evil or I can't remember if that's their new title, but it's like a multiversal Masters of Evil going up against the Avengers. There's this whole like uh, death locks that are being sent into the past from Avenger Prime in the future, trying to protect the main, you know, universe 616. But there's also Jason Aaron has a, like a side series going on that's called Avengers Forever, and it follows the Deathlocks and Robbie Ray as the Ghost Rider, and he's super powerful. They keep talking about how he's like maybe the most powerful Ghost Rider. They call him the All Rider. How he can kind of turn anything into anything he rides turns into like a Ghost Rider mobile, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, so he goes up against a Black Skull, which is like an amalgamation of red skull and venom and super diabolical there's like a torture scene that's kind of <laughs> kind of hard to read for like it's it's just tough and then you have like a, an ant-man character it's really good like I've, I've enjoyed avengers forever we only have two issues so far i'm not sure how i doubt it's like ongoing ongoing um but i'm not sure how many issues total there are but really hinting at some great things for robbie reyes um i'm a massive ghostwriter fan so really been enjoying it a lot so, um, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Avengers Forever, number two. Awesome. Well, I definitely like the uh, the garbage of the week. I think maybe oh, I should, <laughs> maybe so I should bad, implement bro. that. There's, some stuff, that, you know, there's yeah. some stuff that we've talked about that I, I feel like is hot garbage. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've... Well, let, let's let's real oh, quick before we, know you know, before we bring... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, let's real quick before we bring our guest on. Um, we There was that tweet, or I don't know if it was a tweet. It was a, an Instagram post. So Donnie Cates posted on Instagram about oh, yeah. uh, about the Hulk. And uh, I, of course, posted, I said, you know, something along the lines of like, oh, I'm an intelligent person, blah, blah, blah. And I just really don't understand your run. I think what you're doing is, you know, something just to the to the effects of I just didn't like your writing mm-hmm. in this. And I just feel yeah. how and I just said, I think it's funny how like you switched and Al switched characters and both of your story, your current series are just not not good and literally what was it maybe like not even 10 minutes later yeah you and i were on instagram and all of a sudden that that comment was taken down no the whole post was the whole yeah that's what i'm saying the whole post was yeah yeah, like the whole post i'm just like wow like this guy just cannot put up anything and accept hate and i'm not saying i was probably the only one who did it there was a lot of people that are fanboys out there and and people that yes maybe they enjoy this series be like oh donnie you're doing such a great job this and that whatever Dude, I think I had read that that post like the night before, and because I, I remember I was laying in bed reading it, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just reading everyone's comments. And like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not hating it as much as you're hating it. I don't think it's great by any means, but mm-hmm. I'm reading everyone. And I was like, oh my god, this is so good. And all I could think, I was like, God, you guys, you guys suck, dude. Like, why are you encouraging? Like, this is like one of the greatest Hulk runs ever. And I'm like, how can you even say that? after immortal hulk like it's it's just offensive to be honest with you like there was some dick riders in those comments section on how good this was these are the same dick riders who are out there following some of the crappiest quote-unquote biggest youtube stars out there that just ride like hard for these dudes like oh my god have you no sense of taste at all (sighs) yes it's crazy dude well, that's it, everyone, for season two, episode four of the Comic-Con podcast. Uh, of course, make sure you can check us out of, on all the major platforms for podcasts. For myself, 
Nemesis Prime. I will be doing a whatnot sale Saturday night. Make sure you're following me, Nemesis underscore Prime. Of course, you can find that link in our uh, profile under any of our links on our link tree, either myself, the Comic-Con podcast, Nemesis Prime, Milton Manimal. Link tree is there up for your viewing pleasure. Uh, if you are checking us out on YouTube, because I have been putting the newest YouTube episodes up sooner rather than later, don't forget to check out all the past episodes. They always drop first here on podcast platform. That's where we like to really see everybody. We will eventually do some uh, some live streams this year, and uh, we'll have some artists. We have some guests already planned for next month. Zach knows. Mm-hmm. So um, that's all I got for myself. Zach, anything else? No. Uh, fun like always. Um, I probably need to do a whatnot sale sometime soon, but just life has been extremely busy lately. Um, and uh, But this is always one of the, the things I look forward to the most is chatting it up, talking about fun comics news, and uh, just doing the podcast, man. So that's all I got this week. Um, we're getting close to a Boba Fett review. What are we two yeah, episodes we're gonna, away? We have that coming up, and don't forget, you will see uh, both Zach and I at uh, Planet City Comic Con in yeah. uh, what's that April? End of April, twenty second yeah. of April. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hotel is booked. Just got to get ourselves Ooh. some passes, and uh, some you'll flights. see the guys from the Comic Con podcast walking around. So that's it, everyone. Catch you until next week. Peace out. Later.